And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Are you interested in learning about what it takes to succeed in life and career? Then this is the show for you. Thanks for joining us. I am Tom Laurie, your host of The Mentors for Today. Our cover story today is You Have More Power Than You Think, a point of view shared by three very successful and distinguished women who will serve as today's mentors. But first, from the news file. I don't know if you saw the story recently about Uber. They've announced that they are interviewing for some heavyweights as a COO, a heavyweight job, to handle Uber CEO Travis Kalanick. Kalanick has built, as many of you know, a very successful company that is now valued at $68 billion. The culture that he's built is a very defiantly competitive culture, but it's had some challenges recently. And his personal leadership style is becoming problematic. Uber has, in rapid succession, faced sexual harassment allegations, a lawsuit over allegedly stolen technology, disclosure of an app to evade regulators, a falling out with the city of San Francisco over a self-driving car test, and an exodus of executives. Current and former employees have described the culture in the workplace there, one where they're pressured to stay late for fear that they would get reprimanded for not having a strong work ethic. This reminds me a lot of uh, an early job I had very early in my career where people came into the office on Saturday because they knew the president of the division was going to show up on Saturday and they wanted to be seen. And people were afraid to be home on Saturday with their families because they did not want to be viewed as not having a good work ethic. Naturally, being an Irish Catholic kid, I defiantly rejected that culture and I spent my Saturdays with my family. But I thought it was kind of funny about how people would subject themselves to this perception. And in fact, when you got to know the president of the company, he wondered why everybody was in there on Saturday as well. Uber recently hired Jeff Jones to come in to help. Jones came from Target. He found that Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, was unwilling to be challenged, and he also left within six months. He said that the beliefs and approach to leadership that have guided my career are inconsistent with what I saw and experienced at Uber. Another interesting thing is that the shareholders, including the uh, boards, and, and which includes Sean Carolland from Menlo Park Ventures or Menlo Ventures, have not uh, found disfavor. They feel that Kalanick brings something else to the table. And we've all seen situations in companies where there are people who have, I, I think, often of salespeople who are high. Productive, very highly productive salespeople, but they're doing very dysfunctional things. And in doing very dysfunctional things, they are a cancer in the company. They really have a negative impact on the culture. But no one is willing to deal with it. A very good friend of mine, Pat Lencioni, who some of you may know, who wrote the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, he will, and we will get him on as a guest in the future, But Pat has said over and over again that one of the big failures in business by both leaders and those that are being led is not to call people on bad behavior. And that is very crucial to the environment. When we come back, we will be talking about you have more power than you think with three distinguished and accomplished women, Heather Lerner, Nola Masterson, and Laura Rainick. Ah, 
my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church, you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethauser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience. Willethauser.com And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. Now let's get started. Today, our three guest mentors are Heather Lerner, who is the executive director of Happy Hollow Foundation, Nola Masterson, who has served as a CEO, a founder, and she is a well-sought-after board member for public and private companies, and Laura Reynak, who is an entrepreneur in her own right and is a C-suite talent scout as the founder and principal of Reynak Executive Search. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for, thanks having, for us. having us. Well, thanks for joining us. I'd like to start first with a question for Laura. Tell us a little bit first, tell us a little bit about your your background, a little more about yourself and and your firm. And why did you suggest the topic you have more power than you think? Okay, so um I started my search firm after a pretty uh, decent career and big pharmaceuticals where I felt frustrated. Um, I wasn't really, I didn't have a life and, and work. And I thought um, my dad always encouraged me to be an entrepreneur. And so I took a big leap. Um, I took a big leap and I started to try different things. So one of the things I tried was scuba instructor, international travel. That was kind of fun, but I got bored. Um, I tried um, working in a recruitment app advertising organization, which was a very exciting time. We acquired a product called Monster.com. We went public, and I handled a lot of what I would call um, recruitment campaigns for large companies in healthcare and healthcare-related technologies. And I always felt just it wasn't quite the right thing. And I had a friend who was a senior-level executive recruiter, and he had a great life, and I thought, well, that's really what I want to do. And um, I started my career shortly as a senior level executive recruiter shortly after my stint at TMP Worldwide. And it's 20 years later now. Oh. And then yeah. why today's topic? Why is today's topic um, regarding you're more powerful than you think? Is I, I work with senior level uh, executives all day long and helping them, you know, find a new role with my client or my client finding a new executive and, and, and um, engaging that person and bringing them onto the team. And, What's um, troubling to me is I see men go for what they want a little bit differently than women in more senior roles go. And I think there's a real opportunity for me to um, have women own their power. 
And I think there's a little disconnect. Women often, um, even at the senior suite level, sometimes feel like they're an imposter or they don't have all the skills or they don't have everything it takes to be successful when actually they do. And it really starts with a thought. Uh, my belief is thoughts are things. Words have meaning. Be careful about how you think about things and how what words you choose to describe yourself, the kinds of things you want, and how you're going to interact with different people. Very good. Nola, over here, tell us a little bit more about yourself. And you've had some pretty interesting positions along the way. Tell us about those. And then tell us which job was the best job you ever had and why. Tom, the best job I've ever had is sitting here talking to you. <laughs> but getting here was a long story. And I, uh, I started off in science, uh, loving science and studying science and going all the way for a master's degree in science and spending time in hospital labs and teaching science. And then I went into sales uh, of scientific products, diagnostic and um, basic science tools. And that kept me in the mode of learning science without having to do science. And along the way, the biotech industry started. And I was at the ground level for how it was and why it was. And I was so impressed with the venture capitalists that were backing these scientists that I wanted to help them. I also wanted to learn how money made money because I didn't want to have to work for money all my life. So I started a consulting company in 1983 called Science Futures. The name came to me from a lightning bolt out of the sky as something I could do while being a mother. Uh, and I had a two-year-old when I started the company, and I, my, I chose my clients to be people that I wanted to learn from and people that needed to know the things that I already knew. And in, in that capacity, I was able to work with Kleiner Perkins and some of the early venture capitalists and cook up a couple of very well-known deals, IDEC Pharmaceuticals and Resound. And I learned the skills of how to spin a story on Wall Street by working for Merrill Lynch and Drexel Burnham and telling them in the early days, Gee, you're really going to like Genentech when they get a product. Maybe you want to buy it now, maybe you want to wait a few years, but they're going to be big. And, uh, you know, I was right. I, I knew I, I had uh, the, the, the tools were out there to change the way pharmaceutical drug discovery was done, but nobody, nobody could see it as clearly as I, I did because I had been in the bowels with the scientists learning how to change those tools. So... Uh, Long story short, um, in order to complete the career cycle of after having learned all this financial information, I started my own biotech company in 93. That went public in uh, 2000. That was Sequinome, and I joined the venture capital firm that backed me, DVM Capital, and became a venture partner with them, raising money and becoming a venture capitalist. And now I was able to start other companies with other people's money, and I, I sat on a lot of small company boards, learned uh, how to be a board member that way, and now I'm able to translate that skill set into publicly traded companies. And I must say, along the way, I had some very good mentors, which is why I'm here today to talk about mentors, because if it was not for them, I would not be here. Well, one of the things you brought up is you got into the biotech industry when it was in its infancy. Mm -hmm. And one of the protégés of Clayton Christensen, who I think most of us know of uh, from Harvard, Whitney Johnson, wrote a very good book two years ago called Disrupt Yourself, where she talks about the S-curve from a, from a career standpoint. And that is when you get into an industry that's emerging, uh, you can ride the wave for many years. Uh, my background was in medical devices when it was just starting and yours mm -hmm. was in biotech. So that's something for our listeners to think about is when they're transitioning or looking to get into a business, think about those things that are emerging uh, and are going to be around for a number of years rather than something that has a, that's a fad. And now, Heather, you've got an interesting background as well. Tell us about yourself and what have you found along the way to be really important in work and life? Well, my role right now is um, the executive director of Happy Hollow Foundation. And there's a, a term I've always been uncomfortable with, and that is describing myself as an artist. I always thought an artist would be someone who had to have, you know, a, an income that was produced from maybe a painting or a, a writing or something like that. When I really look at the past 25, 30 years and zipping all those things together, I think I need to own the term artist. Just my particular medium isn't painting or writing. It just is the community. And right now, 
now, my favorite medium is a beloved little amusement park and zoo that's been part of San Jose for over 50 years. And I've been able to have a lot of fun with that medium. And um, some things with that medium would be exhibit design, event design, getting people more involved, how you create a landscape where can people can make their own fun, make their take away their own what meaning that they have. You don't have to direct that. You just have to design it really well. And I'm having a lot of fun with that. So I'm kind of finally owning the term artist, but expanding that definition. And honestly, thoughts for things. I need to grow up, Laura, because I still see myself as a stay-at-home mom, and I haven't been that for so long. But I did come to this position. Um, all of the, the positions that I've had were, were things that I could do while I had small children in the home. It was really important for me to be there with them and work in different things teaching art or doing theater or whatever I could do around their schedules, that then all of a sudden I realize you haven't been that for so long. You, you've actually created this wonderful legacy for San Jose. I need to own that. So you've found, it sounds like, because the, you had the balance issue somewhere along the line in terms of work and life. Maybe you could talk to that. I think I'm that I think you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. If you're lucky enough to make some great choices, get some great kids, great choose your partners in life wherever they are, um, people to surround you with who really believe in you, you can have a lot of wonderful accomplishments by the end. But hopefully you can live long enough to do that. And how old are your children? 24 and 21. And what are they up to? Uh, One's in the TV industry in Los Angeles and the other one's at Reed College in Portland, Oregon. And have you mentored them on business things? You know, they seem to dig me. Yes, I think they have. The one (laughs) in the TV industry, um, he's pretty young and he's gone pretty far. He was able to condense a few of those steps that took me many, many years. If you can help someone else as a mentor, whatever it took you, maybe 10 years because you didn't have the correct mentors around you, if you can condense that timeline for someone else, there's a lot of unnecessary pain in that. Condense it for them. I think I've done that for both my kids. And who was the most important mentor in your life? Oh, my gosh. They're everyone from the Girl Scout leader who said, you're not a problem. You're the special one. It's everyone from a a recreation professor I had at Chico State when I was studying leisure studies. People who saw that little spark in me that was different and said, let's make that your unique selling proposition. There have been a series of of women and men over many, many years. Right. And Laura. Yes. Who's been important mentors in your path? I've been really fortunate to have a collection of mentors for a variety of different um, things um, in different parts of my career. But I think if we were to ask me who was my number one mentor, it was probably my father. And he was the one who understood me the best. Because I think like Heather, I was a little different. I didn't fit in the box. Um, I struggled a little bit early in my career to fit in. And he saw the more of the genius and creativity that I had. And he encouraged me to apply that in different ways in my life and was really a a huge supporter. And I've always been very fortunate. I've got great support network, great friends, great, wonderful, wonderful people to support me. Nola's been a mentor to me off and on. Tom, you've mentored me in ways, too. It's been really incredibly great. So I have quite a few for different things. And Nola, you, as you were talking, uh, when you were introducing yourself, you were talking about the mentors in a general sense. Who are some of the most important mentors uh, for you along the way? Well, in venture capital, it was Brooke Byers. Um, Wall Street, it was it was um, my, my first uh, uh, mentor at Drexel Burnham Lambert, who taught me how to write for Wall Street, Richard Vitor. And... Um, when I when I got into uh, starting Sequinome, my mentor became the venture capitalist uh, that that backed me, uh, and we kind of mothered and fathered that company along. I he wanted to learn about venture capital from uh, a perspective of the German. How did the Americans do it? And I want I wanted to learn uh, how how he could continue to finance this big vision that we had to get uh, SNP analysis for genomic information and um, how do we put a you know, a good financing together, and uh, we we were we were a great team. Were any of you mentored by women as you were moving along? I, I mean, outside of the life part, but on the uh, the business part. Yeah, I I I had a very influential. I had two very influential female mentors when I was working in big pharma, um, and they were the only women sort of in the senior ranks um, in our company. One company had 
30,000 people in it, and the other company had um, about 1,500 people. But I was fortunate to, I sought out the, you know, one I reported directly to and another one I was in line management. But I made sure I sought out time with those women when I was working in those companies because, frankly, there weren't very many of us, and um, I felt like we needed the sisterhood and so- to somehow support each other. Mary Stutz has written a great book called The Missing Mentor for Women, and it's about uh, how she, if she could mentor all the women she knew, she rather than do it one-on-one, she wrote the book. It's called The Missing Mentor. I highly recommend it. We'll have to put that on the website for people who are listening. When we come back, we're going to continue to dig in on mentoring by women for women with three distinguished and accomplished women, Heather Lerner, Nola Masterson, and Laura Reinach. My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy in Jesus' name? Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. Wellsoflife.net All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest-growing Catholic organizations, with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work and witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org. Attention salespeople. Are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Modern, and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. Go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. I'm Tom Laurie, your host today, and we're talking with Heather Lerner, Nola Masterson, and Laura Reinach. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Mentors. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, or if you have uh, tuned in late, you can listen to the entire show and previous shows by going to thementorsradio.com, thementorsradio.com. So when we finished uh, the last segment, we were talking about important mentors to you. I'm curious as to, it's one thing to say they are your mentors. Now the next question, and we'll go to Heather, 
How did they mentor you? I've been very fortunate in the last, I'd say, 10 years more than the earlier part of my career to find women who I think had non-traditional paths and maybe they saw a little bit of themselves in me and thought maybe they want to condense my timeline. Um, usually older women who've, who've done some um, really interesting work like you, Nola, you are really going upstream there. And um, I think some of the women I think of, uh, Rosemary Keith, she was an incredible organizer at the Olympics and with a, a cable network firm and all these incredible things. And she pulled me in and she just said, you know, you can do this. And it was that imposter syndrome that I think a lot of women have of, well, I couldn't possibly, or I don't see that. But those women that see something in me that I, it's invisible to me, that, that really push harder. I heard a, a statistic the other day that you have to ask women about seven times to get them to consider running for office. Now imagine how many times it takes us to get us to do anything, just to keep asking us. So these women that have been persistent, who've been successful, I think that that's what's been, um, um, the commonality in all of the women who have mentored me is they've been persistent. They saw my resistance a mile away, and they knew what those pain points were. They named them for me, and they said, and you're doing this anyway. Let's go. Nola? Uh, I was mentored by people really helping me learn what I wanted to learn and giving me a uh, blank check to do it, pay me to do what I wanted to learn. And th- that made all the difference, Tom, because I got paid to learn on the job, um, and I had I had something to contribute. I had knowledge that they did not have. I was willing to do that in a win-win scenario, but it wasn't for free. I, I really, really appreciated the early people that took a risk on me. And how did they uh, deal with failure if you made a mistake? That was part of the job. Um, I don't remember being made wrong for failure. Uh, I think Silicon Valley is a great place to fail. Uh, having said that, um, you know, it's always somebody else's money. Uh, so, you know, you feel bad about it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's certainly remorse that you've, you've backed something that did not work. Well, I came out of a company called American Hospital Supply that was uh, ultimately acquired, merged with Baxter. And they had a slogan, they'll promote you until you fail which in many ways created this fear of failure, as you can imagine, right? Yeah. It's really kind of interesting. Anyway, Laura, how about uh, how? It's, so we've talked about mentors, but how, how did they mentor you? Um, I think uh, in two ways. One, um, sort of role model. So I have a role model. I had some, um, something to aspire to, right? Some behaviors to aspire to, some vocabulary to aspire to, some... Um, real concrete uh, goals. I think the other thing that they did for me, which was incredibly important, is they identified my blind spots and helped me see things I wasn't seeing, which I thought was really important because it kind of widened my view and helped me see different situations differently from just one one perspective. It was very, um, you know, enriching. And um, we talked a little bit about this earlier about running away from or running towards something. I think I had some role models early in my life that I said, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be like that. And that's equally as motivating as people who I've met and said, I want to be like that, and how can I get that person to help me? So there's just two different perspectives. Right. Well, we have an email from Orland Park, Florida, from Jody, who's a retired school teacher. And she has a daughter in the professional environment that she is trying to help and her teaching skills. And she has a question for you. She said, if you were to look back, what is the one thing you would do differently? And we'll start with Heather. Oh, take all those risks. Don't don't hold back. Do it. Just don't let that fear hold you back. And I think this is specifically going to be a show for women. This is something that every woman I know, with exception from Laura and Nola, who are afraid of nothing. <laughs> but for most of us, we're pretty afraid. We need to knock that off. Just take the risk. What's the downside? What will happen? Only good things. Nola? I was propelled to do what I did because of situations that didn't go the way I wanted them to go. So could I have changed those situations where, you know, I didn't have a husband that went to Vietnam and that, you know, would I have changed that? That Yeah, I would have. But those, those hard places in the road were, were the ones that propelled me to do more in my career. So, you know, the things I, I would take back were, were the personal failures. 
not the business failures. I'm curious. We've talked about women in mentoring and uh, and men that have mentored you. Do any of you mentor men today? Yes. Yes. Why don't you tell me yes. about it? So in my search practice, I get an opportunity to coach candidates and give them good feedback. And that's a perfect opportunity to mentor and coach someone else. And a lot of times um, what will happen is um, I'll have a client who will become unemployed and ask me to help them, coach them through what they would say is their next step in their career. And then I, I can share with them because I know them and I've been in the interview process with them or on the other side of it. I can, I can help them find the right role for themselves. As a board member of publicly traded and startup companies, I find myself in a position of talking to men all the time about uh, how to grow the company, how to deal with employees, how to think ahead, how to think outside the box. Um, they they oftentimes are a little bit more um, take the hill, kill the competition, and where I, I am more of a how can we grow an organic company that's going to be around in 20 years. After the break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit about some of the networks that are available for women to help them grow in their career and grow in life. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration, and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Tom Laurie, your host today on The Mentors, and we're talking with Laura Reinick, Heather Lerner, and Nola Masterson about you have more power than you think. You can access this show in the future on TheMentorsRadio.com, or you can send us any emails and give us some ideas about what you like or didn't like about today's show. Laura, I know that you've had involvement with creating a network for women uh, where they can help one another. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so I think it's been about like eight or nine years ago, Molly Ingram, who was um – Head um, chief operating officer at uh, California Healthcare Institute, a nonprofit that is lobbying for healthcare organizations to do business in the state of California. And I got together and said, We go to this investor conference every year, Nola's familiar with it, where we feel like we're swimming in a, a sea of suits. Basically, it's like we're the, the five women in the room, and there's a bunch of men there. And we decided that we would have a gathering for women to just sort of 
um, network casually cocktail and shop, uh, and now we fundraise um, as well as shop, but um, so that we could ha- have women connect on a different level. And we've had amazing speakers. We had t- uh, Taryn Rose, maker of Fabulous Shoes, who's an orthopedic surgeon, come talk, and some other people present there. Um, what we've decided to do as sort of the theme for our group is you know, we really want to help other women out. We want to lift each other up. We don't want it to be this um, sort of um, sometimes, you know, women aren't uh, as cooperative or as open with their networks or helping each other out, um, mostly because they don't know how. But Molly and I decided we were going to get this group together and show them how to do it, have some fun. And what's the name of the group? It's called the Women of Influence. And is it available to other people that might want to participate? Yeah, absolutely. Um I can reach out to myself or Molly, or now we have Joyce Reitman, who's another phenomenal CEO, who's the CEO of Motion Loft involved. So all three of these women have profiles on LinkedIn. Yeah. And if you want to reach out to them, uh, you can go and you can see the information about this show when it's posted after the show airs on thementorsradio.com, but you can reach out to them via LinkedIn. I have another email from Mary Jo who is a professional and has sat on some boards. And it's a question. We we're here with some very distinguished and successful women, and Mary Jo's from Walnut Creek. And she said, what, what advice, she asked, what advice would you give to women who are not seeking leadership roles? They, they want a good job. My realm has been, you know, I have this stay-at-home mom stigma, of course, but um, I, I think what I am keenly interested in are those women who want to, whatever's what's next, and what's next is okay. Um, it doesn't have to be a C-level thing. Wherever you are, just get to that next step and plan for it. And um, I would say get involved in the community sphere, and that's where I've been very successful. There's a group called the One Day Plug-In, and that's just a great uh, um, once a quarter or so, and it's uh, based in the community, and they, they explore all sorts of community aspects and treasures that you might not normally have access to with featured speakers, once again, a women's leadership group that just takes women from wherever they are, jump in from all walks of life to help them get to what's next for them. There's no straight line. There's no path there. But you know what's next for you, and these women can help you discover that. So I would just say pick a path and and try something new. Um, I've had a lot of success with what I call foxhole buddies in terms of the community. Getting along, volunteering, jumping in wherever you can, joining that board will help you discover something. It might not be a straight line, but you're going to tack to get there. So that's what I would say. Just whatever that next thing is for you, whatever's tugging at you, try it. Great. And, and Laura, because you're dealing with all different levels in your search, uh, in your talent scout business, uh, what would you have to say about that? I, I, I'm a firm believer in following your passion. I think that we do our best work when we're really truly engaged and giving more than just the average go. I think work for work's sake is boring and <laughs> soul killing, and probably not the best use of your creativity or your mind or your or the what you have to offer. I think everybody needs to to come from a place of strength. What do I have to offer? Not, I'm not qualified for the role, right? Because I think when you take any role, you're going to learn something and you're going to give something. That's just how it it works for everybody. And and I think we have so many different opportunities now, so many different industries. It's, It's kind of like the world is your oyster. You have to choose what drives you, what gives you passion, what makes you happy. Choose that work. Yeah. Oh, I would reiterate that I always tell people when they come and ask me for advice, what, what do you have that you can teach and what do you want to learn? And go to the people that need to know what you know and that have what you need to learn and teach them. A more challenge, well, there have all been challenging questions. This is a little more challenging. What are some of the dumb things a woman could do that could hurt her career long term not make a change when they need to that i think that's key i think we all stay where we are a little bit too long because of that confidence issue we mm-hmm. talked about the feeling that we don't have what it takes um we really need to own our power more and own our skill sets more to take that risk to the next level i think um having a curiosity and a willingness to take some risks that's what women aren't doing enough of I agree with Heather. I think we're all a little afraid to take that leap, right? 
And um, I think it's that fear that we have to overcome. I think Heather talked about it earlier in her career. I know Nola, she's amazing. She just decides what she wants to do and goes and does it. But um, I think there's that, that little part of us that says, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? Well, look, once you take the leap and you fly a little bit, and you land somewhere, it's never really going to be exactly what you thought it was going to be anyway, whether it's great or whether it's not so great. But you learn a bunch of stuff along the way. You learn about yourself. You learn about what works and what doesn't work. And you can take all of that knowledge and apply it to your next opportunity. And I think if we look at it like a learning experience versus a, oh, my God, my life is going to be over when I take this and it doesn't work out because our life isn't really over unless you get you know, hit by a train or something, really. Um, I think the learning is really the important part. And Nola talked about that theme in her career. Heather talked about her, her theme of learning. I am a constant learner. I love learning. I think it's the thing that makes you want to take that next step, keep growing. A good, a good friend of mine is Ram Sharan. I don't know if he's familiar to you. Uh, and, one, and he's a high-level consultant to boards and CEOs. And, and he's – he and I are good friends, and he's told me that one thing that just stands out with real, really good, successful people, regardless of their walk, is the learning. They're just always learning. And Nola, maybe you can add. Yeah, I mean, I am a lifelong learner. I, I really like to learn new things. I think it's fun to put yourself in a first grader's position and say, Everybody starts off at the beginning, whether it's learning how to scuba dive or paint. I, I paint now, and and I didn't always know how to paint, but I put myself in classrooms and said, "Hey, I'm learning. Help me along." And and now I've, I've become a pretty good painter. So it's try try things that you want to do that you know your 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 little girl would like to do. And I I think uh, always remembering that there's a child inside of everybody. I don't care whether you're a man or a woman and let that child come out and play and don't be afraid of the consequences because I think that's the fear of, of consequences keeps people from trying new things. And, um, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I, I would gift everyone, uh, uh, with the ability to not care what other people think about you. I do want to add to that. There are consequences to not doing anything. And I know many of us have heard that, but I think it's a good reminder. There are consequences to not doing things, just as there are consequences to doing things. I think possibly more consequences to not doing things. So try it. Get playful. So Lisa Sunan, who we all know, uh, made a comment recently. She said, women don't often ask for what they want. I I agree with that. I, I think women need to ask more of themselves and the positions that they find themselves in. And it is a conscious thing that I remember having to say, I want more stock. I just did this. I want more money. I just did this. And it was hard for me to say those words. But when I did and I got it, I went, that was a good idea that I did It wasn't that. as hard as I thought it was. <laughs> it, it was just getting the courage to say it at the right time. You flew when you landed, and it wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's, I think it's that um, taking that leap, right? And ask. I agree with this, not asking enough. I think more women need to ask, this is what I want, this is why I want it, this is, this is what I need. And, and not be afraid to draw that line in the sand if they don't get it, too. Great. Right? Well, this is Tom Laurie. I've been talking with Laura, Heather, and Nola, and we'll be back uh, after the break, and we're going to finish up with some lightning round questions. Attention salespeople. Are you struggling trying to make sales on a daily basis so you can earn more money and enjoy a better lifestyle? Are you sick and tired of prospects telling you they want to think about it and not being able to pay your bills? End all that now by going to www.minutestosales.com and sign up for my free webinar. Hello, I'm Jeff Motter, and I regularly hear from salespeople and business owners who are struggling to get more sales because they don't know how to sell in a clear and convincing way. And that was me when I started out in sales more than 35 years ago. I knew I had a great product that made people's lives better, but for some reason, I just didn't know how to tell people about it in a clear and convincing way. I couldn't even close the door, so to speak. But all that changed when I cracked the code. Since then, I've helped hundreds of people to understand the process and be able to sell at will. If you'd like to start making more sales immediately, sign up for my free webinar at www.minutestosales.com where you can experience for yourself my simple, amazing process and see how it instantly improves your sales ability. 
go to www.minutestosales.com today and sign up for my free webinar. Talk to you soon. You need a break. This August, enjoy seven days at a stunning villa nestled in the hills of Tuscany, Italy for a -a one-of-a-kind symposium. You'll savor private walks in unspoiled countryside, majestic vistas overlooking olive groves and vineyards, a swimming pool, tennis court, and a private chef to delight your palate with the finest Italian cuisine. Day trips to Florence and Siena, insider tours of some of the world's greatest treasures in art and architecture, lectures and seminars from world-class speakers, including Dr. Michael Eshleman with National Review, Dr. Jeffrey Lehman of Hillsdale College, and noted art historian Monsignor Timothy Verdon, director at the Museum of the Famous Duomo in Florence. You'll experience relaxed, engaging discussions with like-minded new friends. Refresh your spirit. Awaken your sense of wonder. Go to TuscanyTrip.org to learn more. That's TuscanyTrip.org. TuscanyTrip.org. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. HopeInACan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. you've just tuned in, this is Tom Laurie for The Mentors. We're talking with Laura Reinach, Heather Lerner, and Nola Masterson about You Have More Power Than You Think. And we're going to do a lightning round for the last segment. So be quick, clear, make your point. Uh, First question, what is the most awesome thing that has happened to you in your career, good or bad? And we'll start with Laura. Oh, I think starting my own search practice probably the best thing that ever happened to me yeah it was scary but I did it and 20 years I can look back on it 20 years later and went why didn't I do this when I was blah 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 but it's been a great ride this is a really subtle one but when you're out in public and you hear people talking about the work you've done and they don't know you're there and they're like this was the most amazing thing I've ever done you've got to check this out and you can just be the fly on the wall that's a pretty powerful moment yeah my almost awesome moment was uh, the day the sequin went public, it priced at 26 and closed the first day at 79. And my husband came home and said, I am not worthy. <laughs> uh, second question. Today, where is your focus in your life and in your career? We'll go to Laura. Um, so I, I have a passion outside of work uh, where I ride horses competitively. So that is probably where I focus outside of work. And in my work, I'm focused um, solely on the C-suite and really helping these companies transform their organizations into high-performing organizations by helping them build high-performing teams at the leadership level. The job I have is a lifestyle job, and it lets me be involved with a lot of leadership pieces beyond the park and zoo, whether it's trails or parks or um, any, any different um, – initiatives with Rotary, all sorts of different clubs and initiatives. And I realize what's happening right now for the city of San Jose, for example, I get to be at the front row seat of helping this city, what I call the largest city with the lowest self-esteem, build its new reputation of who it is for a new generation. And I find that to be incredibly exciting. So to be able to leverage my professional position and community position for the greater good of all the generations coming in and and retiring as well is is a pretty great gift. I've got an empty nest right now, so I can kind of leverage that time. Um, My kids seem to be flying okay on their own right now. So I've got a little bit of a break. I really love helping CEOs and uh, boards grow. And uh, that's the business part. But uh, on the prof- on the non 
side of my life, I am the chair of the American Diabetes Association, Silicon Valley chapter, which is located in San Jose. So diabetes is really near and dear to my heart, and it's a terrible disease, and we've we've really got to find some ways to help people with diabetes and the families that support them. And we're going to go right back to Nola with the third and last question. What's the most difficult decision you've had to make? And where did you go for advice? Well, the most difficult decision was always how do I take care of my daughter while I was building my career? Because I, I needed to have help in the background. So it was always, uh, I would ask my mother, but she had a different lifestyle than I did. I wasn't able to be a stay-at-home mom. So I depended on a lot of au pairs and nannies for help. Um, I, we alluded to it earlier about how we stay too long in one place for too long. Um, I ask a, a lot of different people what their thoughts and opinions are, if they can see my blind spots and ask for their help. At the end of the day, it's got to be me alone with a little bit of intuition and a lot of smarts figuring out what that is and what the next move is. That's hard. It's hard to be alone that way. And you get to close out. I get to close out. I think I think the, the hardest decision for me was how to um, how to disengage from relationships that weren't working for me anymore. And do it in a way where I it was a graceful exit, and I I didn't leave any broken bridges or burnt bodies or anything like that behind. And really, just how do I disengage and just move on with my life? That's that was been like, it's an art to that, to figuring that out. Well, thank you. It's really been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having us, Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank you. You've been listening to The Mentors. We've been talking about You Have More Power Than You Think with Laura Reynick, Heather Lerner, and Nola Masterson. All of these people can be reached through LinkedIn. If you tuned in late, you can catch this as well as previous shows by going to thementorsradio.com where you can download free podcasts and find any books discussed on the show. Next week, Rick Brutico will be with us talking about counting beans or when you need a CPA. Until next week, on behalf of Rick Brutico, John Phillips, I am Tom Laurie, urging you to be all that you can be and to keep the candle lit for those who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.